Welcome to the Encounter Church Podcast. We believe that this message is going to bless your life, encourage you, and strengthen your walk with Jesus. Grab a notebook, a pen, and let's jump right in. All right. Once again, good morning and welcome to Encounter Church. I failed to introduce myself a few moments ago. If you are hanging out with us this morning trying to figure out who Encounter Church is, let me introduce myself. I'm Pastor Chris. Uh, My wife and I get to be a part of what God is doing here at this great church and watching God just do some awesome things every single week. Uh, So we're glad that you're with us this morning. We are in a series right now, um, an exciting series, a series that we're going to hang out in for several months. Uh, typically, we hang out for six to eight weeks in this series. But as we dove into 2022, uh, we really felt that it was important as we dissect this mission that God has laid upon our hearts for this year to multiply. We thought it was important. Let's go back to the early church. Let's discover what they did as they received firsthand this commission, if you would, from God to go and make disciples. Why not go to the very beginning? Why not go to the grassroots of it all and see what worked there? Because can I just tell you, they were quite successful in multiplying. So what we're learning from that is that as we trust in God, as we rely upon God, as we go forward in the things of God, we will in turn see the results. We will reap the harvest, if you would, of the hard work that we do on the front side. So we're looking at this discussion that Jesus had with the early church to go and make disciples. Up to this point, we've learned that there was a promise Jesus said, don't leave Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes. And so what did they do? They went to Jerusalem. They began to pray and call out to God. And the Holy Spirit consumed the place where they were. In Acts chapter 2, we read that outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We discovered all the ins and outs of who the Holy Spirit is and what role he wants to play in our lives. And then we watched two very courageous men Peter and John, they began to put feet to this newfound power or ability of the Holy Spirit working through them. Last week, we discussed the importance of integrity in our walk with Jesus. But today, I want to move into chapter 6, and I want to look at what happens as the church begins to multiply. In fact, the Bible says that they were multiplying not a little bit. I mean, we weren't talking about one times one or two times two. They were multiplying rapidly. And because they were multiplying rapidly, they were experiencing some growing pains. Have you ever experienced growing pains? I mean, something was growing so quickly that the organism that was in it, whether yourself or the organization, just was trying to figure out how to put all the pieces together and how to keep things afloat. Because quite honestly, as we press forward and as we grow, I believe things might might get a little difficult from time to time. But that's okay. Let's look and see what happened in the early church. Acts chapter 6 Verse 1, but as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of discontentments. Come on, look at that. Within the church, 
God was doing all of this incredible stuff. Lives were being radically changed. People were coming to know Jesus by the thousands at a time. They were rapidly growing, yet there was rumbling of discontentment. The Greek-speaking believers complained about the Hebrew-speaking believers, saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. Now, as a church, our heart, our desire is to reach all people. We're not just looking to reach one type, somebody that fits our image or our thought, but we're looking to reach all people for Christ. Paul said, you know, we got to reach all. We got to do what we can to reach all people. And as, as we reach into all people, can I be quite honest with you, there may be a point that things get messy. We watched that happen with the early church as they were rapidly multiplying. We see things begin to get a little messy. Does that mean that we just stop the multiplication so we can avoid the mess? Does that mean we just throw in the towel and go, well, we've arrived here. Let's stop before it gets any messier. No. You see, we can't do that. That would be foolish, and honestly, that would be disobedience to the call of God. I believe without a doubt in my mind that God has ordained 2022 to be the year of multiply for Encounter Church. I believe God laid this theme upon our hearts for a reason. You see, typically when we come to staff retreat, and, I, and we do that in the fall of the previous year, typically as I lay out the dream for the next year and I share with the staff the idea or the mission or the call that I believe God's placed upon our hearts, there have been times in the past that they've been a little surprised. Really, that's the word for the year. Going into 2020, the word was hope. In 2019, when God gave me that word, who would imagine that in 2020 we needed hope? But this time, last fall, 2021, fall 2021, the staff and I, we sat together in a room and we began to process through what 2022 was going to look like. And said, I want to share with you, and I began to lay the groundwork. I said, I want to share with you the word for 2022. But before I do that, Anybody have an idea of what the word for 2022 is going to be? And can I tell you that our staff in that moment, one by one, said, we know what it is already, Pastor, and I hadn't shared it yet. I hadn't told him yet. It was in my notes that no one else had seen. But one by one, they began to say, we believe the words multiply." And then it seemed like every place we went together as a staff, every meeting we went to, every gathering we went to with other pastors, the theme was multiply from that point on. 
I was even talking to another pastor who he had written a book called Ready, Set, Grow in the midst of the book. I was sharing with him, you know, some of the things that he wrote in the book and we're talking about it processing. And I said, God's laid upon our heart for the word for this year to be multiplied. And he said, that's crazy because I'm reissuing this book with a couple additional chapters and I'm going to call the book Multiply. See, I don't think it's happenstance that God set us up in this moment. I don't think it's by chance that we're on this journey together. And yes, it's going to get messy, but we can't stop. We've got to continue to reach all people at all costs for the kingdom of God. See, when God begins to do a work, the enemy doesn't ease up. In fact, we can expect things to get a little messy. Adjustments will have to be made. Therefore, we as a church, as Encountered Church, we do not have sacred cows. Listen carefully. Now, some of you are like, I don't even know what a sacred cow is. A sacred cow is something that we put at such a high standard that we're not willing to adjust it, that we're not willing to change it. I will tell you, everything is on the table except for the Word of God. This will not change. This will not be altered. We will not find some theme and variation or, or pick and choose bits out of this and leave the rest to the side. No, this is our foundation, but everything else is free game. Why? Because we've got to reach people for the kingdom of God. In the book of Acts, we see that many people are becoming followers. In fact, it uses the words rapidly multiply to explain or to to emphasize what is occurring here. Now, some of the Greek-speaking Christians were complaining about those that spoke Hebrew or Aramaic, and it began to get messy. Let me describe to you or define for you what this word messy means, and we're going to discuss it just a little bit before we jump into the meat of the message. The word messy by definition is this, extremely unpleasant or trying. Extremely unpleasant or trying. Have you ever met a person that was extremely unpleasant or maybe even trying? Please don't look at them right now. Sure, we've all come across that person. Maybe it was at work, maybe in the grocery store. Perhaps it was at a family reunion or, believe it or not, maybe it was right here at church. We come across people or situations in this journey that we call life that's simply difficult. People are unpleasant at times. Sometimes it's downright messy. But what are we, the Christians, what are we, the church, what are we, encounter church, supposed to do when we come face to face with such people? Do we ignore them? Do we shame them and push them out the door? Do we cast them away? Do we lock them out? What about the messy situations? Do we run from that situation, pretend it was never there? I believe we're to embrace it under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. 
See, when we begin to walk in step with the Spirit, when we begin to walk in step with what God has in store, no longer are we responding out of our own fleshly desires. Come on, here's the difference. What I've discovered is when I begin to see things through the eyes of God, those messy situations are a whole lot more tolerable. Suddenly, I see a purpose in the mess. Suddenly, I see a reason to move forward. When I try to do it by myself, when I try to rely upon my own ability, can I just tell you, I get frustrated really quick. My fleshly side gets irritated with stupidity. I'm just going to be straight honest with you this morning. But when I rely upon the grace of God, when I rely upon, upon His nature, man, everything changes. Things are suddenly so much easier to move forward with. It's much easier to get along with people when they think the way you think. It's easier to get along with people that believe exactly what you believe. It's easy to get along with people that function just like you do in life. When everything fits into your mold or into your preference, it's so much easier. But I'd venture to say that as the early church began to multiply rapidly, they were bringing all sorts of different perspectives and ideas and thoughts. Did you know that when you get a group of people of any size at all, you're going to have several opinions? If you don't believe that, get in the car after church today and say, where do you want to go for lunch? <laughs> there may just be three of you. Oh, yeah, you're going to have somebody that says, I don't care, but let's be honest, you name something and they say, I don't want that. So you do care, right? We all have an opinion. We all have our own thoughts on everything in life. But here's what I've come to understand. Here's the truth. We must take our focus off of self and onto fulfilling the mission that Jesus has set in motion. Make that your heart's cry. Some of you need to write that down. It's time to take focus off of self. It's time to take focus off my preference. It's time to take focus off my opinion. It's time to take focus off of who I am. It's time to begin to look at the bigger picture of what Jesus has in store. As the early church began to multiply, that's where they had to come to. Lord, what do you have in store. Philippians chapter 2, verse 4 through 8 says this, you must have, come on, look at that. It doesn't say, I suggest that you, or it might be a good idea if you, but a mandate is set in, in motion here. He says, you must have, in other words, it's imperative that you have the same attitude that Christ Jesus 
Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. It's vital that we, the church, we, the people who, who claim this relationship with Jesus Christ, it's vital that we take on this nature of Jesus, willing to be a sacrifice, willing to give of ourselves, even when it's not convenient to reach the unreachable, to love the unlovable, to be an impact for the kingdom of God. You see, as we move forward into the depths of multiply, the question stands is, are you willing to make adjustments in your life to fall in line with God would have in store? That's a big question. Because some of us, can I be completely transparent here? Some of us have been in our rut for a long time. It may not be a bad rut. It may be a good rut. But you've been in that rut. And you haven't really deviated to, to follow the plan that God has. You've been in your path and you've been moving forward in that and it's good, but God says, I've got something better for you. Are you willing in this journey, in this pursuit to multiply, are you willing to make the adjustments, to do a hard turn, to get out of that rut, to go into the terrain, into the road and the path unknown Simply trusting in God. Oh, sure, it may get messy. When you get out of that rut and you get into that uncharted territory, it's going to get messy. We went out shopping and doing a few things yesterday and pulled into this one parking lot, and it was a gravel, I use that word very loosely, it was a gravel parking lot that was mainly mud. And I'm like, I'm in a Mini Cooper. Here we go. I'm all in. I'm all in. I pull through this thing, and then I get out, and I'm, I'm trying to tiptoe through all of the slosh and all. It might get messy. Are you willing to follow the path that God has in store as we pursue this call to multiply? This morning, I want to look at three realizations very quickly as we process through this idea of multiplication. Number one, we've already talked about it. When multiplication sets in, it may get messy. Why do I keep saying that? Because I don't want you to be surprised. I don't want to be a few months down the road and suddenly you, somebody walks up to me on a Sunday morning between services and you say this, well, pastor, I just can't believe the mess that we're in right now. <laughs> and I'm going to say, refer back to week such and such. What week is this? Six? Refer back to week seven, part seven of the series. It might get messy. 
You can quote me. I'm going to tell you that. The question is, what are we going to do when we get to that place? See, as we continue to reach people, we may just reach somebody that's not like you. They may not think the way you think. They may not dress the way you dress. They may not smell the way you smell. They may, may not do the things you do. And you know what? Praise God. We've got to reach all people. There are too many people dying and going to the devil's hell every single day. I'm not okay with that. Church, we have got to be on mission. Not just on Sundays, but on Monday, and Tuesday, and Wednesday, and Thursday, and Friday, and Saturday. We've got to be on mission to reach the lost, and it may just get messy. Acts 6.1 from the New Living Translation says this, but as the believers rapidly multiplied, they were rumblings of discontent. I like the, the uh, CEV version of this, and it says this, a lot of people were now becoming followers of the Lord, but some of the ones who spoke Greek started complaining about the ones who spoke Aramaic. They started complaining in the church. Here's the problem with disgruntled behavior. It has the potential of threatening the spiritual unity of the body. And that's a problem. The church in Acts saw opposition stirring from the outside in chapter 4. In chapter 5, we saw Ananias and Sapphira. Do you remember that from last week? Man, you had a little bit of this going on, and man, God squelched that pretty quick. But now we come to chapter 6, and the body begins to gripe and moan and groan against one another. This, in turn, is threatening the spiritual unity of the church. But today, I don't want to talk as much about complaining and, and issue-stirring as much as I do about multiplication. But suffice it to say this, Romans chapter 16, verse 17, warns us to watch out for those that cause division. It goes as far as to say, avoid them. If they're causing problems, don't give an ear to that. Don't entertain that. Don't play with that. The Bible says, ignore them. Well, that's, that's pretty rough, right? Not my words. Take it up with God. And then in Proverbs chapter 6, it reminds us that, that God detests those that cause division within the family. That includes the family in this house, the church. As Encounter Church, we take this idea of unity seriously. In fact, one of our core values says this, we are unifiers, not dividers. I talked about this several weeks ago, just touched on it, and I'm bringing it up again because it's so important as we get into this realm of rapidly multiplying. And by the way, we're seeing more people now than we have ever seen as a church before. It's incredible. Two weeks ago, between the two campuses, we had 418 people in attendance on a weekend. That's incredible. 
That's incredible. Nine and a half years ago, we had 65 at one place. God is good. God is good. And as we continue to reach out, as we continue to grow, and by the way, it's not all about the numbers, but numbers are important. If they weren't important, there wouldn't be a book in the Bible called Numbers. Chew on that just a moment. (laughs) We got to reach people. People equal souls. Souls equal numbers. That's why we're talking about this. We are unifiers, not dividers. Therefore, if you find yourself complaining, causing discord, creating or even stirring issue, listen carefully, stop it. Okay? So important. Grab it and hear my heart with those words. Those words could be received harshly, but don't receive it harshly. Receive it with love. Because I don't want you doing what God detests. I don't want you doing what God can't stomach. I don't want you to be one that God says, stay away from. Man, we're to take up on the image of God, the image of Christ, to be willing to give of ourselves, to sacrifice of ourselves, to reach the lost. We are called to build his church. Just because we admit that it may get messy Things may not go the way we want. Things may look up a little bit different. It does not mean that we sidestep the nature of who God is and begin to create issues. We must strive to work together to fulfill the call of God. That's what it means to multiply his kingdom. Yes, to multiply in number, to reach more and more people for the cause of Christ, to multiply relationally, to build relations together with one another. The Bible says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. We've got to spend time with one another. We weren't created to be an island. We were created for community. We were created to be together. As God was forming the world, as he created the birds of the air and the fish of the sea and separated the light and the dark and all these things, each time he said, it's good. But he saw a problem when he created man. He said, it's not good. The man should be alone. So he created a partner. Guys, we need one another. We've got to encourage one another. We've got to help one another. We've got to build and multiply relationally. We've got to multiply spiritually as we dive in and read the Word of God and digest the Word of God and hide His Word in our lives. And by the way, if you're not spending time in the Word of God, you're missing out because you're missing out on the, on the guidebook, the owner's manual for your life. Let me encourage you, if you've never read the Bible, don't start in Genesis 1-1. Because you're going to get going along. You're going to get to Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers. And you're going to be like, so what's this thing with making a promise to one another and putting my hand under the thigh? What in the world is that? And cutting the fat between the lobe of the liver? I don't even know. You're going to get really lost really quick. So start in the book of John. Go to the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. That's where you're going to find about the love and love of God and the, and the heart of Jesus. Start there. Once you get through there, come talk to me. I got a whole slew of books in the Bible, about 66 of them, that I think are really good for you to dive into. 
And by the way, there are 66 books in the Bible. I wasn't leaving one out. Well, one's no good at all. No, they're all really, really, really good. So we're going to multiply spiritually, and we're going to multiply our impact in the community. Guys, that's how we build this church, is by stepping outside these walls. That's why Easter this year, we're having one large service for this location. Warrensburg is going to have their service, but we're going to do one service together on Easter Sunday morning. We're not going to meet here because we couldn't fit in here for one service. We're going to go to the high school performing arts center. It seats about 800 people. We're going to pack that thing out. We're going to get the word out. We're going to have banners and yard signs, and we're going to share the word. I'm going to help. I'm going to ask you to help us accomplish that task. Why? Because we've got to impact this community. That's why our Convoy of Hope events where we pass out items in the community is so vitally important. Do you know what I find exciting? I go to Chamber of Commerce board members on the board with the, on the, board with the chamber, and almost every board meeting we have, they look at me and they say, Pastor, when's the next convoy truck coming to town? That's exciting when the community is asking you those questions. We're going to continue to do that. we got to multiply financially as we sacrificially give to reach the lost and trust in God with our finances. Yeah, as we multiply, it may just get messy. But there's a second realization I want you to grab a hold of. When multiplication sets in, leaders must lead. Leaders must lead. Again, several weeks ago, I alluded to this, and, and some of these things are going to ring true over and over because we've got to let it sink in. Sesame Street repeats itself, right? So we've got to get this mindset. Leaders must lead. What we see in Acts chapter 6, verse 2 through 4 says this. So the 12 called a meeting of all the believers. They said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. And so, brothers, select seven men who are well-respected and full of the Spirit and wisdom. Come on, look at that. Why was that important that they were full of the Spirit? Because if they're not full of the Spirit, they're, then they're consumed by the flesh. Come on. They're either consumed with the Spirit or consumed with the flesh. It's not a mixture of the two. It's one or the other. So he said, find seven guys that are full of the Spirit that have wisdom we will give them this responsibility. Then we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the word. At our annual business meeting um, last month, we processed through this idea a little bit, but I thought you needed to hear it as a body today. As a leadership team, we are doing everything we can to make strides to model and implement this mission to multiply but it's going to take every single one of us joining forces together to make it happen. We cannot settle in with statements like this. Well, that's good enough. Or, we've arrived. I don't believe that God ever desired for us or ever asked us to settle for that's good enough. But he's called us to be more than conquerors. We are fearfully and wonderfully not good enoughly made. 
We must continue to press forward to reach the mark that God has for Encounter Church. Pastor Tony Evans once said this, the goal of the church is not merely for people to become Christians, but for them to develop into fully committed disciples. Come on, look at that. It's not enough just to say, hey, you said this in his prayer, you're good. No. And we got to nurture one another. We got to strengthen one another. We got to take the lead in helping one another move to that next step. Therefore, our staff have weekly meetings. We evaluate regularly. Our board meets monthly. We make the needed adjustments. But I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you to step up your commitments in 2022. I know this sounds a little bit like a vision casting service, but man, that's what was happening with the early church. They realized that there were some errors, there were some problems, there were some disgruntled people, and they realized they had to step up the game. And that's where I need you to step in with your commitments. If you have not yet gotten involved, begin now to get involved. Now is your time. Man, over the last several weeks, we've seen a lot of people stepping up. We've got new people working in kids' ministry. We've got new people working in the sound and tech area in the back. But we continuously need more people stepping up. Why? So we can build that foundation that we talked about in our mission service several weeks ago. If you haven't gone through Grow Track, man, go through this course. It's going to give you an opportunity to discover who we are as a church, who you are. It's going to give you an opportunity to become a member of Encounter Church if you so desire. But it takes every one of us getting involved, plugging in, becoming part of something greater than ourselves as we move forward in this commitment to multiply, to connect, grow, and serve where Jesus would have us to serve. Now, if you are plugged in, here's what I ask of you in 2022. As we move into this multiply at a greater capacity, I'm going to ask you to multiply yourself. Well, pastor, what does that mean? I'm going to ask you to find somebody that's not plugged into ministry, bring them alongside you, and help them to learn the ropes of what you're doing multiply yourself this this season 2022 we've all heard the statement it takes a village it takes an army it takes a lot of us working together that goes for the church as well it's going to take every one of us working together multiplying together to reach the lost to raise up disciples to train the next generation to launch the next campus to impact the world for god after all, we have not been called to be keepers of the aquarium. Rather, we have been called to be fishers of men. It's not enough to keep the aquarium. It's not enough to, to clean the sides of the aquarium from time to time and say, wow, things look great. No, 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 no. We have to go out and get more fish. We have to go out and reach the lost it's going to require every single one of us stepping up and beginning to lead, to serve, to make ourselves available. 
I believe that the early church would have never moved past 120 in the upper room if they had not made themselves available. Yeah, it may get messy. It's going to require that every one of us plug in, that the leaders begin to lead. And by the way, every one of you are leaders, whether you know that or not. Realization number three is this. When multiplication sets in, everyone must pray. Everyone. Man, we have our Wednesday night worship and prayer service. We have a pretty good crowd for that service. 50 or so people come out, which is awesome for a prayer service. But man, I'd love to see that house packed. I'd love to see each one of you on a regular basis, a daily basis, spending time in personal prayer, calling out to God, removing distractions. Acts chapter 6, verse 4 says this, then we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the word. Why did they pray? Why was prayer so important? Why didn't they just get busy cleaning up the mess that was in front of them? Because they understood this. Sustainable multiplication is only possible when God is at the head of the ship. Let me say that again. Sustainable multiplication is only possible when God is at the head of the ship. If we have this rapid multiplication going on, but we're not leaning on him, I'm going to be completely honest and tell you this. It's going to do this. It's going to go, it's not going to last. But if we will be a people of prayer, if we will be a people that are dedicated to the mission, if we will follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit, Things will be strong. Things will be solid. The early church leaders understood that it was only with consistent connection to God that they could be effective in multiplying the kingdom of God. Therefore, they led by the way of making prayer a priority. Praying for one another. Seeking the face of God. Acts chapter 6, verse 6 says this, and Fernando, if you'll come. These seven were presented to the apostles who prayed for them as they laid their hands on them. It's vital that we as a church not just pray, now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep, or rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub, Amen. But it's vital that we spend that time seeking the face of God, asking for direction, but also praying for one another. What would happen if you began to pray for the people that sit near, nearby you on a Sunday? What would happen if you would begin to pray for the leadership of Encounter Church? What would happen if you would begin to pray for an outpouring of God's presence to be made known each and every week as we gather together? I believe that we would see change at a rapid pace. Each 
and every one of us. We need a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit on a regular basis. Not just on a Sunday, but on a regular basis. Only then will we see sustainable multiplication take root. Then there's a result. There's a result to our obedience. It's this, multiplication will continue. Acts chapter 6, verse 7 says this, so God's message continued to spread. Come on, look at this. It wasn't just a once time when Peter addresses the crowd and 3,000 come to know the Lord. It wasn't just when, when John was talking to the lame man and told him to get up and, and thousands came to know the Lord. It wasn't just isolated moments, but the Word of God, the presence of God, the message of good news continued to spread. And as a result, the number of believers greatly increased in Jerusalem. And many of the Jewish priests were converted too. Look at this. Paul wraps up this section. He says God's message continued. The phrase continued to spread literally means was increasing or kept on growing. But it wasn't just the message that continued to grow. The number of people coming to know Christ multiplied rapidly. Sure, it might get messy. But it's going to be diligent that we, that we follow the Holy Spirit's lead as we pray for one another. As we give of our time, as we make ourselves available, then and only then will we see the multiplication of the good news continuing to spread, but lives being radically transformed for the kingdom of God. Would you pray with me today? Thank you again for listening to the Encounter Church podcast. We pray that this message was a blessing and an encouragement to your life.